Hello. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Factorally. We're here to bring you more interesting, hopefully interesting, yeah, facts. So we, we thought we could go away and only, only do a few, but actually we have to do a lot more. <laughs> Every time we start picking a subject, uh, it just takes us on this amazing deep delve. Um, we, we sort of pick out a subject which at first we think, oh, we could probably chat about that for 20 minutes. And then a week later, my goodness me. <laughs> We've we've yes. spent well, Bruce. You told me earlier on you you reckon we could do an entire episode just about a nail. Well, not a nail, but the nail. Yes, absolutely. The nail as a whole. The yes. nail as a thing. <laughs> absolutely. So, what are we talking about this week, Bruce? Well, I think we're talking about tools. Yes, I agree. But do you agree that what what is a tool? If, if you'll pardon the expression. <laughs> yes, we need some um, differentiation here, don't we? Is it Bruce. something that that you? used to change the environment around you that isn't you or something is is that one of the definitions right yes so valid point let's start off with a definition uh, what is a tool according to the oxford english dictionary uh, a tool is a device or implement especially one held in the hand used to carry out a particular function and change the environment around you ah so i must have read that somewhere then you must have done that's actually in there um which it's it's vague, isn't it? You know, you sort of when when we first said let's do a thing about tools, I instantly thought, oh, that's nice and easy, Black and Decker, hammers and saws. That's what a tool is. But based on that definition, it is any implement that you can use for any purpose ever. I mean, the first tool, I guess, is a hammer, isn't it? I mean, the first thing that people did was hit stuff. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so tools go back i mean they're they're old aren't they you know they as as long as well animals have been using tools it's not just humans is it i mm. mean animals there's there's birds that that pick up a rock or use a rock to open i think they're is it oyster catchers they use i was going to say a it's, it's, it's a, a snail or a mollusk or something isn't yes. it they they whack against a, a rock. rock to 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 open the shell yeah so technically that's using a tool yeah so yes, so they've been used since forever. Um, in human terms, the the oldest evidence of of a tool that I've found is um, three point three million years old. So reasonably old. Uh, in Kenya, um, a few years ago, they they found some some pieces of rock that were most distinctly hewn and napped to make a, a cutting edge. Uh, what, is, um, what is a nap? A nap is where you. Oh, I was going to use a, t a, a technical word to describe a technical word there. That doesn't help, does it? <laughs> um, so what's the difference between a, 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 a rock and a rock that's napped? So a napped rock has had bits chiseled and chipped away from it in a slightly pointy, chamfered manner to make a sharp cutting edge rather than being blunt. As as um, opposed to a bit that's just sort of chipped off or or like yeah. a bit of slate or something. Yeah. So it's been dis it's been deliberately hewn into a particular shape for a particular purpose, as opposed to oh look, I've just picked up a sharp rock. It's actually been deliberately carved, Good. and you can see it. You can see these little hand sized lumps of rock that are distinctly pointy, and and each edge is you know symmetrical. So it's it's you know too much of a coincidence to just be a natural rock. Um, but they also found some larger pieces of rock. They found a, a lump of rock uh, that was about 15 kilograms on this particular site. The, the, the site is called Lomekwe 3 in Kenya. Um, and they found this 15 kilo lump of rock, which they 
guess, might have been used as a as an anvil of sorts to sort of hammer one piece of rock against the other on this anvil to make smaller tools. So they've been around for a while. And what would those tools have been used for? They would have been sort of largely for, for cutting and um, preparing anything from sort of making clothing to preparing food to, I don't know, cutting cutting the, the prehistoric lawn. <laughs> um, I think I've seen that episode of the Flintstones. Yes, yes, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want a dinosaur as a lawnmower? <laughs> yeah, I seem, to, I seem to remember that the earliest evidence of man using a tool was that they found the bones of, a, of an antelope. Um, that had scores on the on the bones, which proved that some that, that somebody had actually chopped the meat oh. off the bone with oh, a tool. So not that the bone was being used as a tool, but it had cuts in it, which meant it had been had Butchered. a tool used on it. But yes. yeah, oh wow, fantastic! Well, not so fantastic for the antelope. No, but, but then, fantastic you know, for the historians. Yes, but then <laughs> the antelope was probably killed by a whole lot of people chucking rocks at it anyway, or spears True. or something. True. Yeah. So um, we we always like to do a, a bit of etymology. We've done the definition of tool. The etymology of tool, where the word comes from, is um, is really disappointing, actually. Um, <laughs> the word tool comes from the Old English word tool, meaning an implement that you use to do stuff with. Oh, wow. That's, that, that's incredible. Isn't that amazing? So tool literally means tool, which comes from the word that sounds a lot like tool, which literally means tool. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, 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 okay, so, so the first ones were, were hammers and, um, and cutting implements. Mm. I have a theory that the most useful tool ever invented was the needle and still is the needle to some degree because if you think about it without a needle you can't make clothes hmm. uh, because you need to sew clothes together but also you can't make spacesuits without needles <laughs> so yes there's a direct correlation so there. there is a direct correlation between the needle that was used to sew animals together to make rudimentary clothing Hmm. and man walking in space. Wow. Okay, fair enough. I, I, still, I still reckon the, the most important simple element of a tool is, is the blade of some form or other. You know, even, even going back to that, that pointy, sharp rock to cut stuff with, you know, that leads to saws. It leads to weapons of all kinds, spears and arrows and, and knives and... All sorts, swords, yeah, everything. Um, but the needle, okay. I wonder what the modern world would look like without a needle. Well, exactly. I mean, I can see what it would look like without swords, because you just hit people over the head with hammers, or poke each other with needles, or exactly sharp <laughs> things, <laughs> pointy things rather than than bladed things. Interesting. Oh, I wonder what the difference is between a pointy thing and a bladed thing. Uh, is a needle a form of blade? Ah, no, it isn't, because the blade has to have an edge on a side. Ah, yes, because um, technically a foil, uh, the, the 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 fencing um, sword, yes, is not a blade because it only has a point, whereas oh. an epee and a saber 
are mm-hmm. bladed weapons because they actually have a, a, a sharpened edge. Gotcha. What's an epée? Okay, an epée is like a cross between um, a foil and and a and and a saber. It's um, if you look at it, it looks a little bit like a saber, mm. but it's much thinner. Oh, is it? Um, is it sort of the sort of swords that musketeers would use? Sort of yes. quite skinny. Yes. Um, Often they have like, they're triangular, type. so they have three blades on them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the difference in 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 the sport is that. A foil, you only get a point if you actually point if you hit somebody with the pointy end. Hmm. Whereas a, a saber, you only get a, a point if you hit somebody with the slicey with the slicey bit. Right um, on the torso. Okay. Whereas epee, you get a point if you hit anybody anywhere with any part of the of the uh, oh, sword. Okay. So you can hit them on the head, the foot. That all counts in in epee. Right. Have you done this yourself? Uh, yes, I used to teach fencing. <laughs> Did you? Yes. Of course you did. <laughs> um, if our dear listeners haven't tweaked this yet, Bruce has essentially done every single job and met every single interesting person uh, in the world, ever. Uh, and every time we have a chat, these things just sort of come up. Oh, yes, I once taught fencing. Oh, yes, I used to know Alan Bennett, whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's fun. No, no, it's good. It's fun. <laughs> It brings a, a little bit of class to this otherwise m- mundane um, chat. <laughs> well, I have, I have used a tool. Have you? I have. I have Recently. been known to use a tool. In okay. fact, I, ha- I, ha- I have the envy of many a man, <laughs> as, well as, owning... <laughs> as well as owning one of those bright red snap-on t- uh, tool cabinets. Yes, I've seen tools. that. Yes, I, I can. It's a, it's a pity that the the viewers, the viewers, the listeners <laughs> can't be viewers because yeah, your your red snap-on chest is is quite a feature on this little uh, Zoom meeting we have here. Yes. Tell us what's in your red people, snap-on chest. People love my snap-on. It's yeah. um, oh well, it's generally stuff for tinkering with cars, but okay. there are also many, many, many uh, wide and varied tools mm. in it, uh, mm. ranging from three different sets of spanners for sort of like metric imperial and, and mm-hmm. Whitworth. There's also Japanese metric, I think, as well, different to metric, metric. Metric, metric. Yeah. Um, so I do, but I don't have that set. Fine, um, okay. Well, yes, and, and a whole set day. of Allen key, you know, proper Allen keys with oh, handles great. on. And, yes. And various multi, multifarious screwdrivers and, <laughs> and, of course, hammers, and, and, and yes. which gets us back very nicely oh, um, to, to where we were. So um, this interested me. I, I was wondering what the most um, prolific, the most popular, the most frequently purchased tool of the modern era is. Uh, and I was sort of looking around various different reports on uh, the, the world market of hand tools, which is an, an absolute uh, rabbit hole. Don't even look at it because you will spend hours down there. Um, what would you suggest is the most popular, the most often purchased, the biggest grossing tool. Is it the screwdriver? It's not. I thought it was going to be the screwdriver as well. I thought of all the tools that everybody owns, the screwdriver is up there. It's really not. It's about the fifth most popular hand tool, or at least the fifth most grossing in terms of sales hand tool. Is it a Stanley knife? Nope. Blades, Mm. see. 
It's yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I and mean, yeah. Stanley invented the utility blade, the Stanley knife. Did he? Yes. Ah, so he also invented the a... um, the power lock, uh, the power lock tape measure. Oh, brilliant! So before that, you sort of like pull pull out the tape measure and then just go straight back in, or yeah. you'd use a like one of those uh, bits of wood with lots of joints in it to measure up. Yes, and I know. And stuff. Yes, yes. But yeah, the power the power lock tape measure. Wow. I love that that can be attributed to In one fact, particular was the tape person. Is the tape measure one of the things that people, I suppose people keep them for? No, that was nowhere. That was nowhere on the list at all. I'll put you out of your misery. It is actually, as we've already spoken about, hammers. Aha. Uh-huh. So the global hammer market um, is currently worth about $3.5 billion. Wow. And it's is that all lot. hammers? So that's everything from tack hammers and claw hammers yes, and exactly. mallets so and it's all not, sorts. So it's not just the sort of quintessential claw hammer that we, we all have at home. It's it's anything from hammers to mallets to um, whatever you can hit a thing with and call it a hammer. <laughs> um, the second is spades and shovels, 1.8. It does, but, yeah. But then again, I mean, not everybody has a garden. No. Um, that must just show how many gardeners there are out there who garden on behalf of other people. No, that doesn't even make well, sense. Well, or, or or who garden so hard that they that break they go stuff. through a lot of yes, yes, it could be that. And I suppose once you take into consideration the the building trade and oh yes, I like suppose that, so. I was just thinking it's not like just it's extreme not just gardening in in my yes. vein as extreme <laughs> ironing and stuff. So the global spade and shovel market is worth $1.8 billion. And then it suddenly drops down to hand saws at $700 million. Um, but yeah, so hammers. Hammers are right up there at the top. Who'd have thought? Wow. Mm. Well, I suppose there are, you know, many, many different hammers. There are. I suppose I must own five different... Hang on. got two claw hammers, tack hammer, mallet, nylon rope hammer two claw hammers one rubber <laughs> mallet um and and a very strange multi-tool that has a hammer in it so yes yeah, so i've got five hammers and a very strange multi-tool <laughs> now multi-tool i'm glad you said multi-tool I, I did a bit of poking around multi-tools um i've i've got a few multi-tools that, what, like that, leatherman or something like that i i've got a i don't even know what the brand is actually it's probably just generic but little things fold out of it, and it's got a screwdriver-y bit. Oh, like a Swiss Army knife, but sort of Like a tools. Swiss Army knife. Um, so that led me into looking at Swiss Army knives, which is a whole topic in itself. And I discovered that um, there were actually Roman Army knives, that the Swiss Army knife concept wasn't invented by the Swiss, but the Romans. Um, of, course. of course. What did the Romans ever do for us? <laughs> um, in the Fitzwilliam Museum in Cambridge... There is uh, an, an item on display which it, it, it's instantly recognisable as an army knife, except that it's Roman, uh, and it's made out of a, a combination of iron and silver, and it's it's exactly what you'd think from an army knife. It has folding compartments. It's bigger than a Swiss army knife. It's several inches long, but um, it has a fold-away knife, fork, spoon, pick, spatula and spike and they reckon that the spike was used for um for opening clams and seafood and and things like that so it's a, it's the roman spork the roman spork 
Romans invented the spork. There you go. We have it on record. <laughs> <laughs> but it's really, it's instantly recognizable. It really does look like a, a multi-tool, but a bit bigger and a bit more cumbersome. Uh, and, and therefore, we assume this was a standard issue in the Roman army. Wow. Isn't that great? That's brilliant. I suppose Romans invented a lot of tools for war, but I but you don't really think about the domestic tool. No, I suppose I, I sort of think of the, the engineering elements that, you know, whenever the Romans conquered a place and then moved on to another place, they, they built some some jolly fine straight roads and therefore they must have had shovels and pickaxes yeah. and, and things like that to, to do that with. Um, so I guess that kind of makes sense. Yes, but, of course. Yes, and then we hit the Dark Ages. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Where there were no tools and no, no tools. manufacturing and, and no and road all the, making. All the Roman, all, all the Roman good, good stuff the Romans put in was all demolished and, yes. and, and turned into other things. Yes. Well done, Dark Ages. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I, I mentioned before. I mean, hammers. Obviously, you use a hammer to um, to knock in a quite a lot of the time to knock in a nail. And we did talk yes. about how how many different sorts of nail there were and how, what na- uses nails were. In fact, I discovered something which I never, re- which is obvious, but I never actually realised that. If you know anybody called Nailer, there mm. was actually a profession, which was the person who made nails. Mm. And that person was called a Nailer. A Nailer. That makes sense. Um, and they were originally uh, made by blacksmiths, and they used like a heated iron rod, and then they chopped it into bits and sharpened it up and made a head for it. Okay. Um, and, they, the, and, and nails were really, really valuable. Nails were like currency. Mm. You could actually, you know, buy and sell nails. And, and, and the Romans, I think, made huge quantities of nails. When they left, um, there was a, they left Scotland in mm. about 86 AD. Mm. Um, and um, they left behind seven tons of nails. Good grief. When they left. In this the items it. that they nailed or just loose? <laughs> loose. Huh. Loose nails. When they evacuated the fortress of... Inch Tutil in Perthshire. Right. Uh, seven tons. Crikey. Yeah. That's a lot of nails, isn't it? That is really a lot of nails. <laughs> I know. I know. And, and, and um, I think that, that one of the reasons we call pennies pennies is because mm. um, a penny was the price of 100 nails. Oh, really? Yes. They were, they were so rare. I think in America, they were so rare when the colonists arrived. Mm. That people used to take them with when they moved house, oh, and, really? and if they couldn't get them out of the house when they moved house, they would burn the house down, <laughs> and then go through the ashes, <laughs> looking for nails. nails so they could take them onto the next place. And they actually had to bring in laws to stop people from this practice of burning their house down to get the nails out. That's brilliant. But in, in carpentry terms, um, houses you know, or, or structures or whatever they were used to be put together by just joining the bits of wood, which is why you get joiners and, and joinery. Um, 
so you'd sort of have dovetail shaped bits of wood that fit into each other and, and, and just fit so snugly and so securely that they wouldn't have needed nails. And I'm just picturing the you know the, a, a certain era of architects going, we don't need these newfangled nails. What mod modern rubbish. Well, there are people who still build stuff and that there are carpenters and joiners who pride themselves on the fact that they make stuff with no nails uh. in it whatsoever. Which reminds me that there is actually a, a huge building in London which has been built with absolutely no nails in it whatsoever none at all no nails none at all and and it's vast it's it's the it's a hindu temple mm -hmm. and it's near ikea in brent cross ah and it as you as you go down a road you kind of see this thing in front of you that looks like the taj mahal yeah. it is amazing and it's built of like thousands of tons of marble this wow. thing and 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 wood and there are no nails in it at all anywhere gosh god that's an engineering feat isn't it they, know, weren't, they it, didn't it, just it, use it, that spray-on sticky stuff. No nails, did they? <laughs> <laughs> they? I think they used very old technology to make sure that everything fitted absolutely perfectly, yeah. which is ironic given that it's around the corner from Ikea. Oh, that's great. What a piece of irony. <laughs> Imagine the, uh, the, the instruction manuals that came to put the temple together. I vaguely remember that they, they, they bought the, the limestone and marble and stuff mm. in Europe. Mm shipped it to India to have it cut and then shipped it back to the UK to assemble it hmm. in, into this huge, great temple. Wow. It's quite Cracking. something. Uh, definitely, if, if you ever come to London, go and, uh, A, go and visit Ikea because you... you know, it's an experience. But, <laughs> but also, as you're at Ikea, just walk up the road and you will see the most amazing sight that you would never expect to see in the middle hmm. of London. Brilliant. There we go. You're not only getting interesting facts, you're getting tourism guide tips as well. Tools, uh, to my mind, bring up images of DIY. Uh, how are you at DIY, Bruce? You've obviously you've got a snap-on chest full of tools. Are you good at using them around the house? I I have been known to assemble stuff and put up shelves and actually uh, build um, stuff from scratch. Really? So, yes, I can. Excellent. I'm average at DIY. There are some things I can do quite easily. There are simple things that I really struggle with. Um, but by default, I'm the only one in the household who stands even a chance of being able to do it. Therefore... It is my role. You are the nominated DIYer. Indeed, yes. So now I remember my dad using Black & Decker tools, left, right and centre. It was like they were the only the only brand that he was... Only power tools. The only brand of power tools that he was into. Keep your Bosch and your whatever else, but um, that was what he went with. And um, I didn't realise Black & Decker were an American company. I yes, in fact, they own they Stanley as well now. Do they? Yes. Uh, Black and Decker were the ones who invented and patented the handheld electric drill, specifically with a pistol grip and trigger switch. Wow. Which is exactly what I think of when I think of an electric drill. Yes. Um, and this was relatively earlier on. This is, this was, they, they patented this thing back in, back in the 1930s. Wow. How that actually looked and worked back then, I'm not entirely sure. But, um, it, yeah. A handheld drill. To, to the handheld drill specifically with the and and now knowing that they're an american company i thought they were english 
describing it as having a pistol grip and a trigger switch. It's sort of yeah, fits, it kind of like this. This this is the this is what you're used to, uh, fellow Americans. So yes. let's, <laughs> let's make it let's make it this shape. <laughs> but the, the 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 workmate was was something that was actually was so revolutionary as as a way mm. of actually holding stuff while you were while you were sawing it or screwing it or whatever you were doing on it. Mm. And they when they first came out, I I remember being very very impressed with with what it was. These days they mm. they feel an old one feels slightly flimsy, but right um, as an aside, when I bought my first property, I didn't have any furniture, and I actually had a. Black and Decker workmate is my dining table. Oh. <laughs> Whilst other people were using their dining table as their Black and Decker workmate. <laughs> or building their, <laughs> building their dining table using their Black and Decker workmate, which yes. is what I should have been doing. <laughs> the last thing I just wanted to have a look at, um, we've, we've started a bit of a trend at looking at records around various things, the biggest, the fastest, the smallest, oh, yes. whatever. Yes, yeah, so what records have you um, found for us? So I found so again these are going to be slightly controversial because they have a, a slightly loose interpretation of what is a tool but if you'll sort of bear with the largest tool is a hydraulic cylinder uh, created for a Japanese dredging barge in 2015 this hydraulic cylinder extends up to 66 feet in length and weighs 200 metric tons so whether we want to call that a tool or a piece of machinery or whatever is, is sort of up, up for debate, but that's pretty big. Um, I then looked at the complete opposite, the, the world's smallest power tools. Uh, now there's a, a YouTuber from Spain called Enos Camere, and he's got a, a thing about making things in miniature. He sort of creates um, you know, doll houses and, and miniature items. And he created uh, a power drill and a circular saw at one twelfth scale wow and that and they work i wouldn't where necessarily would you, where trust would you the find sword. a brushless motor for for something that small it's incredible have a look it up on on youtube and and he's made this little he's made a replica makita power drill which looks exactly like the real thing but it's it's about one inch uh, so they've got biggest and smallest well there you go biggest and smallest yeah exactly and then one last little record again i i sort of went um I started looking at drills. Don't know why. Drills fascinate me. Um, but um, I started looking at, at drills. And in in Russia, near the Russian-Norway border, built all the way back in the 1970s, they started drilling a hole in the ground for geophysical research purposes, not to get oil or water or anything, but just for, for research purposes. Um, and this drill, they managed to, to drill a hole into the earth, which reached a record depth of 12,262 meters. Meters? Meters. Wow. I can't even picture what that looks like, but the, the bottom of this hole is the deepest artificial point on Earth. Blimey. So there you go. That's, a, that's fantastic. That's a really long hole, isn't that, it? How many miles <laughs> is that? That's roughly seven and a half miles. Sorry, this thing is seven and a half miles deep. That the the hole that has been drilled by this thing is seven and a half miles. So down. that means that some that to get down that far, they mm. have to have dropped the drill down yes. seven and a half miles. Yeah. So I think it's one of these devices where you sort of drill to a certain depth and then you put an extension on the top of the drill yes. and drill a bit more. So there's a there's a pole on. seven and a half miles long that's going round. Mm. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's truth. That's um it's a big drill, isn't it? <laughs> that is that is crazy. Yeah. Well, thank yeah. thank you, Simon. That is that is brilliant. That is that is an excellent. Well, that's worth listening to the that, podcast for. Brought that there just for you. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> <laughs> After a fact like that, there's nothing else to do but end the podcast. I think. <laughs> yes, I think that's a, that's a, a podcast ending fact. Yes, <laughs> that, that's that's a mic drop. That is absolutely. Yes. And as voiceovers, we we never do that because we're too no, too respectful of the equipment. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you, everyone. I think we're up to at least three listeners now. So thank you to all three of you for listening to us uh, droning on about tools. Yes. And if you and, have tools, um, go and use them. Yes. It's good for your mental health. It is excellent for your mental health. Unless they stress you out, in which case, get some Or unless you cut it. your finger off, which is, which is yeah, bad for true. you. Yeah. So if you, if you enjoy this sort of uh, chit-chat, then please join us again next week where we will find another equally mundane topic to find some fascinating facts from and don't forget to do all that usual podcasty stuff of liking subscribing sharing and commenting if you like why not yeah drop some comments tell us what your personal experiences are with with tools either positive or negative exactly <laughs> and uh we will see you all next time. cheerio bye-bye